0: What are we up to? Episode number 1166. I inevitably wrote 666. <laughs> and, uh, I'm Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. And welcome back, Megan.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's, I'm happy to be back. I'm feeling refreshed, ready for 2018.
0: They just changed my batteries. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and got an upgrade. Did you get an update?
0: Uh, no, you can't upgrade perfection.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I let you walk right into that one.
0: <laughs> you did. Uh, I saw something on the train this morning um, and I wrote a haiku for it, what I saw. <laughs> so teen couple hold hands, reading Wild and Harper Lee, Hope oh, for Tomorrow.
1: That's nice.
0: They were... Adorkable, basically. That's really uh, i Are they listening out there? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he was watching but, us. But it's, literally, sitting next to each other, holding hands, and in each of their opposite hands, they each had a book. Uh, the boy had um, a picture of Dorian Gray mm-hmm. in the Penguin Classics edition, mm. and the girl had uh, Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. Lovely. And I just thought, the things you see when you don't have an empty collecting jar and a freeze ray on hand because they would have been straight on, straight in the pool room on the wall.
1: Yeah, I know. That.
0: <laughs> and that's the kind of – that got creepy real quick, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it did. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, okay, we've had our Christmas break and our holidays. Yes. And, and as I was ex- explaining to uh, Beck, the uh, station um, – <sighs> Program manager, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, upgrade, I upgraded it then. <laughs> or is it a downgrade? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, talking about the time bequ- that chafes between Christmas and New Year, I, I call it now the the UG time. Mm. U-double-G. Yep. Not UG, just UGG. It's kind of... Um, uh, you know, this gentle sort of nothingness type?
1: I just never know what day of the week it is. I feel like everything rolls into one yeah. in a good way was, that I have to check myself and think what day of the week it is, well, whether it's a weekday or not.
0: It's UG Day mm. anytime between there. And that's because I saw a sign for um, they're selling Ugg boots. Yeah. On, and they just called it UG Sale. <laughs> that's so perfect. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yes, there have been lots of toys in Zero G's um, environment within the last a um, couple of uh, weeks. Oh, the weirdest? Oh, Iron Man spinner, fidget spinner. Oh, that was strange. No. no, no, it was lovely. It's lovely. It's so cute. Fidget, spinners. fidget spinner. Fidget spinners. I don't know exactly what you would use it for yet. I Fidgeting. Have, I thought it was like you throw it. No. Like a sort of a thing. That was pretty cool, actually. Uh, and um, oh, the weirdest thing. Did you throw it. You could throw it. The weirdest thing I saw was a... Uh, how do I describe this? A sea monster playset. So it's a plastic play set mm-hmm. with a sea monster entwined through a ship mm. and it kind of tilts the that's ship. It's pretty cool. And do you build? Is it you No, build? no, it's, I mean, all, it's, it's all, all, done. all built unless you assemble bits the of bits, it. The bits, yeah. Uh, and, and it looks like Cthulhu. Oh, and that's kind a, of cool. You know, the, the, the fronds from the face. Yeah, and yeah, the, 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 the little half, bit of extra. Looming up. And this is a kid's playset.
1: Well, I mean, they've got to learn early on. But
0: here's the really cool thing. It's a Thomas the Tank Engine playset. set. Of course. There's is. a little Thomas in there who's advertised as climbs all the way to the mast. So he's got a little track in there. And I'm thinking, so this is a, a Thomas the Tank Engine Cthulhu crossover. crossover suitable. The
1: crossover we've all been waiting for. That's all <laughs> I've got to say
0: about that. Suitable for cultists from the age from five to elders. Wow. You know, so, <laughs> all amazing, ages. Amazing sort of thing. Like, who does that to kids? I know. I know that it's Pirates of the Caribbean sort of riff. Sure. Um,
1: it, I mean, it's still the Thomas of the Tank Engine angle. I'm not too sure where that's come in, but...
0: Well, I don't I know. If he expects to cope with Cthulhu, he's going to have to bring the whole rest of the, the regiment gang. of tank engines to blast it. Cause... And I've also seen um, the first wave of Marvel Legends Black Panther toys. Yeah, nice. Very They're really nice. amping up that. Um, yeah, and the, the, the great thing is, of course, um, you've got... Uh, Increased gender equality mm-hmm. and racial equality mm-hmm. in all in that one movie because they've got like um, the Black Panther's sister and uh, one of his uh, elite guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both women. Yep, being his sister, of course. So, <laughs> you know, uh, and of course, there's the whole African. Um, uh, trope I setting? setting 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 that'll do Wakanda for the uh thing so that it's just amazing mm. it's vibrant and alive and i love it and and uh, along with that um you would think that they'd have like the black panther and the villain from the film and mm. some of the mm. uh, the other players in it and usually they throw in a couple of other figures in that marvel legends wave, they've thrown in black bolt okay. one of the inhumans i don't know why <laughs> and the submariner who's just the submariner uh, and also an Iron Man figure. Well, 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 you'd be happy with that. I'm happy with that, but I would have thought you would have put in um, uh, Riri Rod Williams uh, as Ironheart in the armour, and mm. it actually is almost the same armour, uh, and, and put an interchangeable head. But have no fear. All you need to do is get a, um, uh, a Misty Knight figure, mm-hmm. take her head. Just pop that uh, right pop off. That on there. Yep. Yeah, that, that would work because they've both got afros. You know, so, and I really don't know how we really manages to get away with that underneath the the helmet. Because
1: I think it you could you could put it in, probably put it in braids or something.
0: Yeah, maybe I don't know. We I mean, have to see that. yet yeah, that's a challenge for the action figure people. Actually. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of that coming out. Yeah, and, it's and, great. Um, I've seen uh, in the shops the Last Jedi um, toys as well. So you've actually got a um, a general um, layer. Mm. Uh, outfit and yep. uh or general organa i should say and or mary poppins in space <laughs> <laughs> or um and also rose as well and i'm glad to see all that oh stuff great coming out.
1: i mean yeah she wasn't my favorite but i'm glad she has her own figure
0: yeah oh you know i can't wait to get out but you know these are still those small ones but the, at the
1: mini the kind of mini ones But there are
0: hot toys of course, hot there. toys, and I'm promised he's well, yet once again at Christmas. I am promised that there will be a Hulkbuster hot toy coming out in the first quarter of this year. <laughs> been hanging out for that <laughs> since
1: it's been on the list since first.
0: Age of Ultron.
1: Yeah, wow,
0: <laughs> So it's a while now. Anyway, just thought we'd just have a little rumble through that. We we'll have a Black Mirror now. Yes. Mm.
1: Now this is my first foray into the world of Black Mirror.
0: We should. Um, Prefaces of a track, but go on.
1: So, I I mean, just as a little um, intro, really loved it. Gonna go home, watch a lot more episodes, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know why I haven't been watching it this whole time.
0: Um, you've been wasting your time for Electric Dreams. I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: um, actually, that's
0: actually not that bad, Electric Dreams. There's a lot of good episodes in there.
1: No, no, I definitely, and it's a bit different. I think it's more narrative focused, whereas this is more um, hold on to your hats for what's gonna inevitably happen to all of us kind mm. of vibe.
0: Hi, I'm George Takei, and I play Admiral Sulu in Star Trek. Welcome aboard the Starship Zero-G. Admiral? Hey, a guy can dream, can't he? (laughs) So Megan's new to Black Mirror?
1: Yes, so I have heard a lot of people recommend it to me. Um, Obviously, I know a bit about the premise... And I did know that the most recent season was released around Christmas time. I think 27th of December. Yeah, something like so that. So you sort of amps up again. Everybody who likes Black Mirror starts to talk about it again. Um, and then you mentioned that you wanted to do it on the show. So I jumped at the chance. And, yeah, I am definitely going to watch more. <laughs> um, very much so. I think, yeah, I think it's just such a great idea. And I think I read somewhere someone described it as sort of this generation Twilight Zone, which I think is – it's not quite that – but I think it has a lot of interesting things to say about
0: technology. It's a, it's a fair commentary. It so. is it is technology focused. And this mm. this particular season has a kind of a, a, an arc over it where there are really a lot of stuff that's to do with being on the cloud. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of focused towards that. And this first episode was a, a very strong satire on fandom gone very wrong indeed.
1: I thought it was very clever and mm. like the kind of how subversive it was, I really think it would speak to people who maybe aren't as familiar with some of those subcultures, I think it would still resonate quite strongly.
0: And we are strongly spoilering it too because I did yes. I did give you a heads up last week. Uh, the and you ch- want to talk about it properly. Yeah. The, the chief technical officer for an immersive virtual reality game company uh, has created sentient avatars of work colleagues and imprisoned them in a, a game space where he could play God over them. Um, the fandom connection comes in because it's a simulation of a science fiction television series not unlike Star Trek or set aboard the USS Callister where the officer plays the omnipotent captain actually not unlike the Orville too (laughs) it's pretty (laughs) much like that too Uh, and of course there've been several Star Trek stories where the ship encountered extremely powerful god aliens machines and other entities and, um, and the whole trapped in a VR game sim plot itself is now one of science fiction's most enduring tropes which is pretty much witnessed by practically any Red Dwarf episode, Tron, The Matrix, or uh, every Star Trek holodeck based episode. Uh, I thought it was an excellent way to explore issues of workplace bullying and harassment and reflected back to us in that extreme black mirror, which is what this show does so Mm. well.
1: It's so thought-provoking. I think one of the things, I mean, I've only watched two episodes of this most recent season, Mm. and I know there's been some commentary around how there's ups and downs, as with any anthology series. Of course. Um, Some episodes are better than others. But for me, the the two episodes I've watched were just incredible. They gave me a knot in my stomach. But I also think this first episode, I mean, it probably kind of ruined me because I think it's... It's incredibly good.
0: It's sharp, isn't it's, it? Very it's
1: very sharp. self-reflective and it's clever. Yeah. And I think the juxtaposition between there's real-life, um, kind of real-world portions and then there's portions inside the game, I think it's just so, fi- like, finely done.
0: Mm. And the production values are extraordinary. It's almost like they could take that ship and all of its setting and just fly with it, basically. Yeah. Uh, I was looking at it and thinking, oh, my God, they've gone – to the extent the costumes they're wearing if you zoom in on those they're done just like uh, a lot of the Marvel superhero ones or DC actually does it too now and um and Star Trek itself in the JJ Abrams um, reboot. If you have a look at the fabric of the costumes, it's got the symbols it's that like they tex- wear on the ship.
1: Textured. Yeah. Yeah,
0: but that's the symbols, that's yeah. like their little logo.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh my god, that is actually that is detail. That's
1: I so finely drawn. I think every part of this has been thought out. Mm. There's a lot of fun nods, I think. Like there's some comedy in this episode oh, as yeah, well, yeah. but it gets very dark and I think it treats a lot of those themes very responsibly.
0: I feel ashamed as a fan watching that. I'm <laughs> thinking, oh, my God. But I, I
1: like think that? it's, I mean, I think we've always said about how fandom can be an escape. But yeah. I think then, you know, it's when it becomes mixed with other things that yeah. there's a dark side, and I think it did show that quite a bit. It's not saying fandom is dangerous. No. It's and like what you said about the workplace bullying and mm. things like
0: that. Uh, Robert Daly played the played Jesse, the, uh, the the technical officer and the captain of the Callister, and we've seen him in season two of Fargo, where he played yes. Ed Blumquist, and he was also, also Todd in mm. uh, Breaking Bad. Yes, um, and he was in Friday Night Lights. So yes, he was too. <laughs> Christian uh, Kristen Miliotti it was Nanette, the employee who fights back. Uh, she's also from Fargo season two where she played um, uh, Betsy Solverson who was dying from cancer. Um, and she God, was the, the right. mother of, because of the time shift in Fargo, she was the mother of Molly. Yes. Who was the heroine of season in one.
1: Season one, of course. I was yeah. trying to think about where else I'd seen her besides How I Met Your Mother.
0: And all of those actors are all familiar from other genre shows, including one of the guys who's from Westworld, which is very ironic given that's about simulated robot humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just thought it's a great little story. The They'd...
1: performances in it I think were really amazing too. I think yeah. um, Kristen, is it? Yeah, Kristen. Yeah, I think, I mean... She's fantastic. Mm. I also think um that
0: uh Todd Robert.
1: He's How can you He's his name? Robert. <laughs> isn't his name
0: Jesse? <laughs> yeah, he plays Jesse. I think
1: that's
0: Jesse. his name. Yeah. Jesse Plemons. Oh, and speaking of Jesse, and this is this is this is a spoiler, uh Jesse Pinkman has a cameo in Does this he? episode. Yeah. Uh he's the voice
1: <gasps> in at the, the end Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: at the show. That's great. And Kirsten Dunst. too, is. who is Char- I think Charlie Booker's um uh, close personal friend, uh, I could be wrong there. You'll have to check that for me. <laughs> I have
1: to think. I'll have to. I'll have to recheck that. Computer, um,
0: Holly, can you? <laughs>
1: um, oh yeah, no. In performances, I think always. Yeah,
0: up. yeah. They, they just them. knew exactly what they were doing, where they were boldly going, and um, you know the the, the cruelty in, in, in that they, they snapped so quickly mm. from cruelty to parody, to mm. satire and back again mm. so quickly. It's was, it was incredibly fluid. So I think Charles Booker wrote this one, um, the showrunner. It's just so spot on.
1: It's, it's really, it is quite a journey and you're right, there's highs, there's lows and I think there's a tonal shift because I didn't know much about the premise. I knew there was sort of some Star Trek um, mm. stuff on top mm. but watching it sort of fresh... And then seeing the journey and realising what is actually going on I think is, is done so well. And I think you'll still get that effect even if you know a little bit about what the premise of the episode is. Um, but just sort of when you find out exactly what he's up to. Yeah.
0: yeah, you, you just get that really. feeling
1: of dread. It's, yeah. just, it's icky. But in this great way that I think um,
0: – It's like Galaxy it Quest gone very, very wrong. Not laughing with the show, but you know, no. the cringing back in horror. And this
1: sadism element anyway.
0: Yeah. He deserves the fate that he gets too. But really.
1: then I always, I think what's so great about that actor is that he really, you can change how you feel about him yeah. quite a bit in the space of 10 minutes. Yeah. I think he's a really, really great actor.
0: He's not going to get any ice cream where he is now, that's for sure. <laughs> Ish. Breaking Bad. Okay. Uh, and the sep- second epi- episode, Archangel. Mm,
1: yes. Checked that one out as well. What mm-hmm. were your thoughts on that?
0: Well, this is the one, again, written by Charlie Brooker and directed by Jodie Foster. Yes, I
1: saw that. Yeah. On you, Jodie.
0: Yeah. Um, and what's the uh, the premise of this one? Again, we're spoiling this. Mm. Um, sh- t- 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 uh, the... Uh, the mother in this, uh, Marie, she's a single mum, mm-hmm. uh, played by Rosemary DeWitt, who we saw in uh, the remake of Poltergeist and was also one of the main players in United States of Tara. I really like her. Like she's, her. Um, she's got a young daughter who she um, kind of loses in a, a, an awkward situation at a playground and then she gets her back. There's no harm done, but she's panicking mm-hmm. and... Uh, But technology can come to the rescue Mm -hmm. with the Archangel Implant, which is a a variation of um, the current GPS um, uh, subcutaneous transmitters that you could get uh, to um, help track you if you're kidnapped usually. Uh, They use them in Mexico. Um, But this is a a variant of that. Not only does it track you, but it can provide monitoring through your eyes of what you see and of your uh, body vitals as well. And there's
1: some filters and things that can be applied.
0: Yes. So th- the person's eyes who was actually the person in, in the, the monitoree. The
1: chart, yeah. So yeah. I, and I think it has some things to say about development and about, I mean, obviously um, around like societies move towards a more um, – uh, vigilant parenting I guess and I think as well what I liked a lot about this episode was there's nothing in here that's not a bit predictable No, and and I think maybe that's what's scary is that you can sort of imagine what things the Archangel might do and what effect that might have and where the narrative's going mm. because you can imagine, I think we're, we're getting close to some of those themes um, being meted out at the moment through different technology, maybe not to that effect but I think It it feels very close Hmm. Um, and so I like the fact that it was a predictable narrative, you could say, Yeah, um, but it was just executed so well that it was still a really great story to see on screen.
0: I think they they, they put a foot wrong occasionally in it. It felt like, um, I don't know, I I was wondering about the ending and I thought, did it need some follow through at the ending or was that enough? Had they explored that sufficiently?
1: I think they had. For me personally, I feel like that was a nice ending, and I okay. knew I knew it would end like that. Yeah. But I think that's perhaps because I thought that was the most fitting way to end that message.
0: Mm. But um, I, 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 w- I, I, maybe I've. Grew up of too many slasher movies in the 80s. Maybe I was thinking that she deserved that somebody deserved to pay, yeah. But, but I, I think thought they she did, did because they?
1: her worst, yeah, yeah, her worst fear kind of came true, but through this different way that she'd expected than she'd expected,
0: yeah. So she just tried monitoring it too much, yeah. basically.
1: Oh, definite boundaries being crossed. Yeah. <laughs> definite uh, lack of control. And I think you can see as the parent just the small steps and then she just yeah. ends up in this other place, this totally out-of-bounds place.
0: I actually thought what they were doing when, with her show, showing the mother monitoring the daughter and watching it basically on a, a tablet sort of yeah. set iPad-type device. I think she actually became addicted to that as most people do to the black mirror. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I do notice one one, one bit of controversy about this um, episode. um, uh, Planned Parenthood, for one, uh, criticised the episode for an inaccurate display of how emergency contraceptive pills work. Uh, In this story, the episode implies that these pills terminate a pregnancy Pregnancy, whereas in fact they prevent pregnancy before it occurs.
1: I, For me, I felt that perhaps what was happening there was that it was meant to be, it's a future time. Yeah. And that it was a bit more advanced. That was my That's thought. what I had thought immediately.
0: Yeah, because they had, they had uh, digi- digital blackboards.
1: Yeah. they uh, And she had this sort of glass screen computer. Yeah. And so I'd thought my deduction then was that we're a- ahead
0: and yeah. that that's something that's all in one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that, I mean, it's part of the narrative too. They need it to work like that. Yes, and so <laughs> they invent the technology. I think that that's what that's. But I agree that maybe um, it could be misconstrued.
0: Of course, um, people watching it might conflate that with that in yeah. the real world. But okay, it's a future technology. Clearly, that's, yeah, that's how I read it. The
1: core of the episode is there's a technology that we do not have now. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you're already you're already in down the rabbit hole. Exactly. You know. This
1: is the premise of our show. Yeah.
0: So. Okay. But a fair enough a fair enough comment because it is a science fiction series Mm. yeah maybe a little line or something you know
1: something could have been done i think to to just remove that blurriness
0: yeah okay uh anyway i i i I think they're cracking along with this series there's not many um episodes really i think six you know so
1: but i'm gonna go back and i've already had a look at some of the top favorite black mirror episodes so i'm gonna have a journey back and that's what i like about anthologies um, I'm going to go back and check out a couple
0: of the more popular episodes. Mm. Now, um, we're going to talk about uh, Jumanji as well as uh, free billboards outside Epping, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, I, David Bowie track for today, uh, riffing off um, Jumanji, mm-hmm. uh, is um, from his album Hours. And uh, which track have I Pick for this one. You have uh,
1: selected
0: for today the track called Brilliant Adventure. Brilliant Adventure to riff off Jumanji. And there's a reason why I've picked this apart from the title because this uh, hour's album um, has been treated as the default soundtrack album to a video game called Omicron, The Nomad's Soul, which was released for Microsoft Windows back in '99 and then in dream, for Dreamcast in 2000. Dreamcast. Yeah, Dreamcast. It was a massive commercial failure. No. <laughs> it didn't actually do too well. Um,
1: so it was a failure.
0: Yeah. And uh, they asked David Bowie to do songs for it along with um, – uh, Reeves Gabrels, and it's actually integrated into the plot of the video game. Mm-hmm. So can, like you can um, buy the, an album in the video game and listen to it in your room in the game. Oh, my goodness.
1: <laughs> I like when they do that bit of diegetic album playing inside a game. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so about that.
0: And uh, Iman um, yes. also got a role in it uh, in the in the game. Uh, and it's just this uh, interesting little kind of um, mm-hmm. nugget. Once again, Bowie doing something experimental. <laughs> For him. That's what know. he's known for. Yeah, exactly. So this is a track from ours, and here we go.
1: Wow!
0: Hey Space Buddies, I'm Danny John Jules. I play the cat on Red Dwarf, and
1: I gotta tell you that listening to Zero G is fashionable as wearing knee-length socks with thongs. Zero G, Industrial Strength, Sci-Fi Pum Pum, on three triple R. <laughs>
0: Okay, so uh, we're now... Are you going to tell me some some of your favourite movies from uh, 2017?
1: Yes, yeah, so because we were going to move into discussing a couple of films, um, I had been thinking a little bit about what some of my favourite films of 2017 were. Uh-huh. And so I have a short list. Um, it... It's definitely up there for me. I think that was something that I've been looking forward to for a long time and didn't disappoint me. And I've rewatched it recently and it held up, but I'm obsessed with
0: it. so Yeah, yeah I figured that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thor Ragnarok, I think, um, was just really fresh and new and just fun. And I think the appeal of that movie is really wide. And I love Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. Get Out, obviously, solid film, scared the hell out of me for many reasons. And I just think it's a really fantastic film. And- If you haven't seen it, you should absolutely see it. Um, Baby Driver is one of the funnest films I've seen in a long time. Great soundtrack. I'm not sure about Ansel Elgort, but I think he did a good job as Baby, and I just think that was a really cool example of, like, images and movie in film, images and music in a film and how you could work together to tell a narrative. And a film that I saw uh, around Christmas time, which I loved – was Call Me By Your Name. And I don't think I'm alone on that. Which one is it? Sorry. Um, Call Me By Your Name. It's got Army Hammer in it and Ah. Timothy (laughs) Shammlele. And it's set in Italy and it's a really beautiful film. It's got this simmering sexual tension. It's set in Italy. It just makes you want to lie around and drink apricot juice all day. (laughs) But it's it's got a lovely story and the performances are are quite special. I think it's a really lovely movie. So that's something I saw recently which made the list. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was my top five.
0: Several of, um, <laughs> several of mine are in that, that Yeah, too, obviously Get Out and um, Thor Ragnarok. I don't think I was quite so impressed with it. Um, I, I kind of got bumped off by Get Out being also yeah. a pretty good horror movie yeah. as well, if you can call it that. But, yeah, most, I agree with those ones, the ones I've seen. I've there made.
1: was some good stuff um, mm. out
0: last year. But, you know, we had Spider-Man Homecoming as well.
1: I know. I've, I only – I really struggled. But I think
0: there's a <laughs> there's a decent uh, a breadth of films there in my top five. Too, yeah, so. I have a list somewhere, but you know I can't find it. <laughs> um, oh oh uh, no no I found it, <laughs> and and I said this when I when I posted this originally. Appreciation of art is always subjective, mm. so favorite to me seems more honest than best. Yeah, I, it just it just you know works. Oh, no. Did I say best? No no I said favorite. You said favorite. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, you've done well, Padawan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? No, hang on. This is us. This is like Sif. <laughs> Apprentice. I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I had uh, Hidden Figures. Yeah. Which I saw you at the start that. of that year. So, well, that was a film before. Get Out. Mm-hmm. Colossal. I just love that film.
1: That was oh. a fabulous film. When I saw that on your list, I mm. remembered about how great that movie was. Yeah. Logan. Yeah. I really
0: like Logan. Uh, and and I, I was just fascinated by the whole nuttiness of Kong Skull Island in 3D. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> yes. And the Lego Batman movie. Really? I love that. Oh,
1: okay. It
0: spoke to me like no other Batman movie in my history of watching Batman movies has ever wow. done. Wow. <laughs> but
1: you're
0: not you're not a Batman guy either. No, but I'm a Lego Batman guy. <laughs> I, I love Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I know it's a gear change from the first one. No, but
1: it was good.
0: It was good. I one, need more comedies on my list. <laughs> Wonder Woman. Yep. Uh, even I'll pay in that. In spite of its Duff villain, mm. um, Spider Man Homecoming, it's got Tony Stark in it. Of course. Oh, and Spider Man. Uh, Dunkirk.
1: Oh, mm. I, I did have
0: it on my list. Yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, <laughs> you forgot you liked it. I think, yeah. I thought it was a, a joining word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Atomic Blonde.
1: Yeah, that was. I saw that when I was in Berlin, which was one of the best oh, decisions that's right. I've
0: made. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was pretty cool. And Blade Runner 2049. Um, I, just I did, did love that. I did think that was great. And Thor Ragnarok as Gosh, well.
1: Gosh, it's been a good year.
0: It was uh, a good year for films. And there's some other films that I saw. Uh, Gilda, uh, I've never seen Gilda before, mm-hmm. the noir film, uh, Sunset Boulevard.
1: Oh, that's a good one. That's
0: so good. We're going to have to do that, talk about that. Yeah, I'd love think to think talk so. about that one. Uh, and one at the film festival at MIF, um Celia, an old um, Australian oh, film.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Uh, Invention for Destruction, which yep. was another film I remember you saw that, f- Biff. Krampus, a, Chris- <laughs> a Christmas horror movie. Uh, another Christmas horror movie I watched just before the uh, the break, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent one. Uh, and a great Arthurian one called Perceval Le Galois, which is um, uh, an Eric Romer film, mm-hmm. beautifully stylized, uh, And um, an anime called In This Corner of the World.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And Kiss Me Kate in Glorious 3D. <laughs> uh, so there's been so much good things last year. There has been. Uh, and now we're in the New Year. Yes. And the first film, well, one of the first films I've seen by about, oh, two hours, because I I, I chain-watched two movies at once, was uh, Jumanji.
1: Mm, I trotted along to that on New Year's Day as well, because I thought uh, it would be a good New Year's
0: Day watch. Welcome to the Jungle is its actual full yep. title. Yeah. Uh, Jake Kasdan directed it who's uh, worked on Freaks and Geeks and Bad Teacher mm, okay. and um, the, uh, it's written by Chris McKenna, one of the writers is Chris McKenna who is um, one of the Russo Brothers go-to writers oh. he did um, contributed jokes to Captain America the Winter Soldier <laughs> he also worked on the Lego Batman movie and Spider-Man Homecoming and probably its sequel by now. Yep. And Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh. Well. So he actually has some comedy um, chops and genre chops. Okay. Uh, and some of the other writers in there, Eric Summers, Scott Rosenberg, and Jeff Pinkner. Jeff Pinkner is from Fringe. Oh, uh, okay. From that, series. that was a great series. And Weighed a little bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, okay, so this takes place, you remember the original movie, Jumanji in 1995, which is based on a children's book. Um, it's uh, it was also a bit of a tribute to Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also starred Jonathan Hyde, Kirsten Dunst and yeah. Babe Newriff. I've got reasonably fond memories of it and I s- swear I probably did review that on Zero G mm. uh, back in ninety five, And... Um, I have more memories of the companion films, Thura, A Space Adventure, which came out in 2005.
1: Kristen Stewart
0: uh, was in that, I think. Yes, she was. Well done. Uh, introduced me to the director, John Favreau. Ah. Before he did Iron Man. Got it, yeah. And so yeah. I watched the Fur and I thought uh, he'd make a pretty decent job of doing Iron Man. I was correct. And so he did. So he did. Um, so this one starts off in 1996, um, set in uh, New Hampshire. There's a teenager who gets uh, the uh, Jumanji board game. Mm-hmm. And you know how it works. You've seen this, um, well, if you go back to 1995, but you know from the, the trailer how it works. Yeah. It sucks you into the game, it's a Tron thing. You're well, there in the game. Whatever, whatever era the game is in, it becomes the most dominant media game for pl- platform, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, if it's a video game or a board game or a game cartridge or what whatever. What I
1: thought, though, I mean, board games are back. They probably could have done it as a yeah. board game again.
0: Would it be an app?
1: Well, it would probably be a board game that has an app and expansion packs.
0: <laughs> and a flash game. <laughs> exactly. Or a card game like Magic the Gathering. Could be yeah, too. it could be one of those. So uh, then we jump forward to the, um, the present day mm-hmm. where there's another bunch of teenagers. Mm-hmm. And of course, they do the same thing. Yeah. They get into the game. They're in detention actually, so it's probably a pretty good alternative <laughs> Uh, so you, when this is the, the main trick of this film is, and you've seen this in the in the trailer, mm. is that uh, you get to choose an avatar in the game, and you become that avatar. Uh, so the, there's a whole set of um, the four main players, the characters when, who are teenagers outside the game. Mm. They go into the game. They've still got their personalities, but it's different actors playing it. Yes. So Famous actors. That?
1: So we go from unknown teen actor. To the Rock
0: yeah. and co. Yeah. Uh, none of the main actors, this is not their first rodeo when it comes to genre. Mm-hmm. We've got The Rock, obviously, you know, he's the man for mm. so many shows. Jack Black. Yes. Uh, and Karen Gillian, of course, from Doctor Who, one of yes. the companions. Um, so on uh, Kevin, and- Kevin Hart, who I actually don't know... Much about. It's
1: more a comedian than mm. anything, but he does he does stuff.
0: Uh, a shout out to the people who played the teenagers before they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they all did very creditable jobs, sure. and they're actually very important because they establish the the tone of the stereotype characters. Yes. who go into the, who will appear in the game. That that said, uh, they proceed from there, trapped in the game space, and obviously they are going to try and get out, mm-hmm. and they have adventures along yes. the way. Yes,
1: and there's a fun cameo in there. Not a cameo. A yes. fun person in there that I wasn't expecting to see.
0: Mm. Are we spoiling this?
1: Oh, look, I think Turn if anyone minds a lot, then you should probably examine yourself. I think we can spoil it. <laughs>
0: yeah. well, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it too much. I mean, they're in the game and you know, yeah, they're playing yeah. the game. Uh, I also noticed uh, Mark Evan Jackson playing school principal. He is the evil boss in The Good Place. Yes, and, yeah. which
1: I just started watching and I'm in love with.
0: Oh, it is uh, my new sitcom I love of it. choice. Uh, and uh, also we had um, Tim Matheson, who was from the West Wing and was the voice of Johnny Quest in the animated uh, cartoons. Yeah. And uh, another actress called Missy Pyle who's in Galaxy Quest, one of the alien um, ladies. And I, I looked in her and I really know her face, you know, and I had to find out. Yeah. Uh, okay, to the film. Well, oh, there's, uh, there's a rock star and there's a music... Uh, uh, Wouldn't call him a rock well, star. Okay, we might call him a rock star. He's Reality a, music star.
1: Well, he's a favoured uh, favoured musician,
0: hmm.
1: not Harry Styles, unfortunately. Nick Jonas. Is it Nick or Joe? Nick. Really? really? Yeah.
0: Uh, Gosh, and I ri- don't know who anyone is. And Riss Darby from um, Flight of the Concords and uh, Hunt for the Wilder People.
1: Oh, well, yes, of people.
0: course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> makes uh, a
1: choice uh, appearance.
0: There's some things in – this film has got stuff going for it. I I think everyone nails the wrong body shtick, I think. I agree. They all – you know, I mean, Jack Black is hilarious as the valley girl. (laughs) Yeah. And and The Rock is the, you know, the geek.
1: He has really good comic timing. He does, actually. I think he actually is a very –
0: Good at comedy. He's like he's like sort of um, a wrestling Chris Hemsworth.
1: Yeah, he. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by him, and he is really watchable.
0: Um, and uh, Karen, well, she she's always good. She's, she's always from good. Doctor Who to uh, Nebula in um, Galaxy Ga- Quest. Ga- she's Ga- Guardians, of Guardians of the Galaxy. Of the, Guardians of the Galaxy Quest. Um, yeah, so though I think they were, they all do their jobs, mm-hmm. uh, and I actually found that this film had some unexpected heart to it. I. I must have bored into it enough for me to go, oh, yeah. a couple of times. Yeah,
1: like, look, I enjoyed this film. I didn't – it's not that I didn't want to, but uh, it's it's fine. It's yeah. it's doing what it's doing. I mean, it's cast Jack Black and the Rock. It's going for a laugh. Yeah. It's not expecting to be a classic. I'm still not sure it should have happened at all. No. But <laughs> um, it has happened and here it is and uh, it's not nearly as – much of a turd as I thought it was going to be.
0: <laughs> the stunt fighting's fun.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I love the fight, the dance fighting that they yeah. do. And I also love one of the character's powers, which is uh, his backpack man.
1: Yeah. There was, <laughs> and it builds too. Like there's a couple of ongoing jokes that you yeah. do get a little bit of payoff later. Yeah. Um, and
0: the villain in this is actually quite formidable without speaking a line. Yeah. He's actually better than the villain in Justice League. <laughs> not difficult. <laughs> not difficult. The bars low. Exactly, exactly. And he has a cool <laughs> evil villain power too, which yeah. is icky, yeah, but yeah.
1: But they just lean into everything. They do. I think everyone's having fun. Nick Jonas is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just fun. Get it's, a slushy, get popcorn, enjoy.
0: Yeah, it it, it is, a, is is a decent little um not a blockbuster, but just one of those uh, you know, uh, like like the journey to the centre of the earth. Sure, films.
1: I mean, it's not going to make my twenty eighteen list. No, but um, you
0: can't damn them for it, really. It's
1: I'm just, not writing to get my money back.
0: If I were giving it the zero G rating, I go, yeah, yeah, same, yeah. A surprisingly good film, really. Not a great film, but. I, thought, I didn't think my money was wasted when I went and saw it. Exactly. And, and that was actually... You know, one part of the thing is that I don't have vast memories of the original Jumanji. It's a good film too.
1: Yeah. I think you know. Jumanji has a special place in a lot of people's hearts and I think maybe that some people just won't like this because...
0: Because it hasn't got... It's, it's
1: actually not that similar in premise.
0: Because it hasn't got Robin Williams in it.
1: And, and that's I, I true kinda, too. I think it's... I kind of get that. It's a difficult tribute if yeah. that's what it is doing.
0: Yeah. So anyway... Right, so. Uh, on we go. On we go. I went to see an incredibly good film, mm. uh, Three Billboards Outside Epping, is it Epping? Or Ebbing. Ebbing. Ebbing, Missouri. Wow. <laughs> I, you know, if I had not seen um, The Night Before Iron Man <laughs> again, because I'm doing the uh, Road to Infinity Wars challenge oh. where you watch one of the Marvel movies a week up until you get to uh, Infinity Wars dropping. I bet
1: you hate that. What a terrible thing to have to uh, do. It's,
0: it's such a chore. Tru- <laughs> if I had not watched that before, I would have said it was the first great movie that I saw in 2018. Wow. But I'll say it's the first great new movie. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, well, uh, what can I say? I a lot of things, actually. I felt like I was watching... I really felt like I was watching a Coen Brothers film, a good one. Okay. Right from the get-go, crossed with a Tarantino movie. <laughs> so,
1: so it's a bit violent then?
0: Um, Is yeah, it? Yeah, no, nah, maybe. Uh, yes and no. Uh, things happen off screen, things happen on screen. Sure. You know, so I haven't heard much about this film beforehand apart from um, some um, surprising little shouts off in the darkness as it wins festival after festival award.
1: It's been on my list, yeah.
0: It's on your list, is it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Of, of one to see. I think there's a lot coming out in the next month or so or that's out start of the year yeah. um, that I'm, I'm quite looking forward to seeing.
0: Uh, it's – um, you can be excused for thinking of it as a uh, – a, um, a film that's kind of uh, got the whole Cullen Brothers vibe going because it stars Frances McDermott in, you know, in the key role. And, of course, she's from um, uh, Fargo yes. for the original movie. So, you know, you sort of get get, get the vibe. She's a, a very, very tough um, elder statesman, mm. shall we say, or stateswoman, um, and she is just so Kind of awesome in this film um
1: i mean the thing is do you like his other stuff the director because uh, i love his other stuff and so that's why i'm looking forward to this one as well uh tell me about his other stuff well he did in bruges yes and also seven psychopaths which uh-huh. isn't as good but still good um those are really the only two but he has a very distinct style and i would say it's a bit um six shooter shooting from the hip. yeah he did that yeah. um shooting from the hip kind of Inspired, not inspired by Colin Brothers. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. Um, but, like, I loved him Bruges, and I think that's such a unique film.
0: Sorry, I should mention his name. Martin, yes. His Martin, name is <laughs> Martin McDonough. Yes. Uh, British and Irish playwright, screenwriter, and film director. Mm. Uh, he did actually pick up an Academy Award for Six Shooter, mm, which is uh, pretty impressive, being his first film. Yeah. Another black comedy. Uh, and you will find in this film there there are at least three frequent collaborators of his in the um the, the, the cast. So, you know, he's he's done that, that usual or thing of taking the same people along. Uh, it has it stars Francis McDormand, McDormand saying? McDormand, Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell, John Hawkes, and Peter Dinklage. I love Sam
1: Rockwell.
0: I've got to admit, I didn't even recognise him for the first um, five minutes of his performance. Oh, really? Yeah, he's one of those guys who can do that. Yeah, sure. uh, Which is called acting.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like he puts on a different face and personality in every
0: movie he's in. Look, they have a (laughs) monopoly on quirky black people, the Coen brothers, but wow. I felt like I was watching a revenge Western. Yeah, sure. Imagine if The searches had been done with Frances McDormand in the vengeful father role. Um, She's
1: a force to be reckoned with, that one. She
0: is indeed. And I don't think it's just the gimmick of her being an older woman and swearing like a trooper.
1: No, she's fierce. Um, She's
0: so great. There, there are reveals of the depth of her pain in this movie that hit me like physical blows. Wow! You know, and mm. the audience was like that too. Yeah. We, we, a, thing, a thing would happen and we would go, all go, and you felt it through the audience. Wow! Um, I was stunned by this film. It just oh, I'm watching, thinking this is this is this is cinema. This is this is a full on movie. Yeah. Uh, Woody Harrelson is is. Um, so inflected and complicated as the sheriff of the town. Oh, I should give you a setup. Actually, the setups in the title. It's free billboards <laughs> outside of this small town in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're critical of a police operation which has taken place an in investigation into the death of Frances. Uh, sorry, her character's named Mildred. Of Mildred's daughter, mm-hmm. um, she was uh, raped and murdered, and Mildred has put a series of billboards up. Um, taking their police force to task over not having solved the crime. Simple as that, really, but yeah. as complex as that. Uh, Woody Harrelson is great as that sheriff. Um, he's got issues of his own beyond what's going on. Um, Sam Rockwell is, like I said, almost unrecognisable to start with mm. and just awesome as one of the police officers. And he's also reading, a, for no reason I can discern, a comic book from 1987, <laughs> which I had to track <laughs> There's got to be
1: some kind of reason for that Easter
0: egg. It's part of his... Um, his whole stick, His character, yeah. yeah. Uh, Peter Dinklage is there mm. playing just this amazing supportive role in, in the film, supporting role. Um, well, he was in Inbridge. He was, yeah. So, you know, they're all there. there there's a whole bunch of other people. I'm not going to go through the rest of them. But... Um, This film has so many things going for it. Uh, Just just for one thing, the cinematography is superb, and there are moments that give you that. That Cohen, I can get back to the Cohen brothers, um, their use of landscape Mm. and deserted roads and so on. Setting is all. The billboards are characters, really. You feel like that. Um, There's some tremendous truly amazing deliveries of lines mm. um, which actually seem almost theatrical there's like there's a, a common practice of the actor to stand in a doorway and then deliver their line totally blow the audience and the characters in the in the scene away and then just quietly exit stage left or right <laughs> <laughs> it's like that's oh, such a nice touch uh, there is a warning, there's a dentist scene in the film. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And everybody... I heard somebody somebody, somebody in the audience's toes curl and hit the back of a chair when that's <laughs> happening. Uh, this is a film in which things escalate very quickly and sometimes in unexpected directions. Okay. Um, I don't want to really go into much more than that because we're going to run out of time. But... Um, Go and see that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, highly recommended. It gets a, a hell yeah rating from Zero G. Um, it does some things that you won't expect, and others that you might do. But you'll be all right if you've seen Coen Brothers' films, or sure. even some of the less—I was going to say some of the less violent Tarantino ones. But which is? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> maybe True Romance because he wrote that one. Um, yeah,
1: I wouldn't that. put that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, put that, that under one. his umbrella.
0: All right. Okay. Like none of the. Less violent towns <laughs> Just some, of, maybe some of the um, the uh, the quick footed directional changes. Sure. Yeah. But but really, you know, you would be you'd be justified in thinking like this town was like Fargo or something mm. like that. And everybody knows each other because it's a small town. Yeah. But you know, we'll get. I want you to see it first, I and will. then you to tell me about it. All right. Okay.
1: Challenge accepted.
0: Yeah. It's about if a zero G today. Yeah. Astral glamour coming up next. And we will see you next week. What are we going to do about next week? I, mean, I don't know. More Black Mirror, obviously. Yes, but there's, yes. But at least there's some uh, there's some new shows coming out. Mm-hmm. Oh, and The Good Place. Oh, well, you're so far behind on The Good Place. No,
1: no, Rob. I've finished it. (laughs) What? No, no, I'm up to date. Oh, okay. Really blitzed through it.
0: (laughs) Because a new episode of Good Place dropped on Friday. Yep, watched it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Watched
1: it last (laughs) night. I needed something light to cleanse the palate after watching the two episodes of Black Mirror that made me want to cry. Watched the most recent episode of The Good Place. Yeah. Felt a little better.
0: Uh, You could watch as many as you like of The Good Place. It won't hurt you. No. Black Mirror, I'm not so certain about.
1: (laughs) But we we shall continue on. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Rob. Bye.
0: This has been a podcast from Free R, 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.